Hello, this is Jill Renee Feeler and welcome to Jill's show. This is a very um, unique experience. I just started this a few months ago where we have an audience. Uh, we have a live Zoom call here and those that want to ask your question can raise their hand, but you're actually not required to ask your question to participate and experience and, um, and hear what's going on. It's a wonderful way to um, to sample sort of the way that we do things, which is very different. And I call it 21st century enlightenment. And it's a very inside out form of spirituality and soulfulness and uh, love, wisdom, compassion. And it's not, so it's not outside in. Um, and I just see so many really unfortunate effects of outside in spirituality, pulling the light in above your head as if you don't have light within you. There's just a lot of downsides to that. And I'd love to offer something that works better um, because I'm not attached to the old systems. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's start by taking a couple nice deep breaths, and then I will go in a random order and select those of you that have your hands up. Let's take two nice deep breaths, please. Okay. Very nice. All right, let's get started here. So you guys don't have to have your camera on if you don't want to, that's totally fine. Um, let's do Lisa, let's do you first. And if you want to unmute yourself, that's fine, or I can unmute you. Okay. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jill. It's so good to hear your voice. I know you. Thank you see you and be part of this today. I'm glad it worked out for me. I'm I, wanted, I just wanted to um, hear from my team today. I don't have a specific question. Okay. I would just like to hear um, some support. Very good. Okay. Okay. Let me look at this here. Hmm. <sighs> okay. So Lisa, what, I, what I'm observing here from your team, what they're showing me is that there is a lot of, you have an ability to go into a lot of complexity and nuance with everything, including the very esoteric topics. So your ability to, to look at things in a very different way um, where others may want things maybe oversimplified um, and they don't want to know the details. They don't want to know the exceptions. Um, they don't want to know where it doesn't work. They just want to pretend something works everywhere, that kind of thing. So what I'm, what your team is showing me is that you're probably already running into some experiences more and more where your unique abilities are really being more, more obvious to you. And they do want to reassure you that that doesn't have to mean that you leave groups that you love. That doesn't mean that you need to like change relationships or anything like that. So their advice to you, and they're asking me to go deeper with this one, their advice to you is to trust yourself that by observing a difference does not mean that you are uh, thinking you know more than them. You're not doing it from our perspective in a judgmental way at all. You're doing it in a very loving, compassionate way. And you're allowing yourself to be more clear than maybe you've ever been about how you look at things differently 
and where your perspective or your approach or your methods um, in, in anything, including esoteric topics, is very specialized, okay? So uh, the, there's some pluses and minuses to being specialized in a very unique way of being soulful in this reality. The, the positive side of it is that those of us that are specialized in, in, let's say, innovative approaches to things, we tend to get, it's either more effective or, and or more efficient, and life is easier, right? It's not perfect, but it's easier to be our light or it's easier to get results in whatever role you're playing at the time, right? The downside is that it can feel lonely because for any of us that, that have, a, have a joy of, we all think the same in this group, right? Isn't that great that we all have the same philosophy, that we all look at things exactly the same, that we all come to the same conclusions. And for some individuals, they form a sense of community, bonds, uh, friendship. Um, they feel, you know, they feel whole and complete because there's others that look or feel or, or sound like them. And those of us that are sort of specialists or innovators, early adopters, whatever, um, we regularly don't feel that way. <laughs> we regularly feel <coughs> like we've... <laughs> Like we're just out on our own here and it can just be less satisfying because there aren't as many people that we can be this, this nature with. Um, and yet it works so much better. So we kind of wish that everyone knew about it. Um, so Lisa, you as a natural healer, you are a specialist and you've always been doing it your own way from our perspective. You've always allowed yourself a liberation of light within your Lisa. And that shouldn't have to change at all. Um, yeah, thank you. The other thing that your team is pointing out here is that you do have the ability to inform or inspire others that there, there are new approaches. Um, there are new ways to feel better, to get results, to be well and feel well in our body suits. Um, you are a natural teacher, even in the roles where you may not be acknowledged as, as a leader or facilitator, wherever someone like you has a unique voice, you have the opportunity to share your voice and offer something fresh and new. And you may be very surprised by how appreciated you are for it, especially Lisa, for you, because you do it in such a way that is again, so loving, so compassionate and nothing but positive intentions. Okay. Lisa, how is that feeling to you? I'm very curious. Oh, that feels really good. Um, I have been feeling lonely and not sure where to find community, but um, I, I do hear what my team is saying and it resonates very much. Does it, so it, it, it pertains to what you've been feeling in your life. Is that true? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. I love, I love it when that happens. Um, <laughs> let me see what else they, cause they, they're excited about a lot in your life. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me let them say this. Aside from the loneliness part, which, which we're not you know, thrilled about either, um, 
we love the acknowledgement that you have that you really are a specialized version of light in your reality, because that is letting you feel more and more of the light that you are so that you can appreciate it. You can feel more resilient, more energized, more motivated uh, to create and be Lisa, right? And that can be extremely charming and attractive. Um, and remember, attraction doesn't have to be romantic, right? You're already in a, <laughs> a marriage relationship and all those things. Um, but attraction can mean anything. It's just that someone notices your, your very unique essence, your sense of love, your sense of inner serenity, which is so rare right now. Um, so all of those things can lead to uh, very satisfying relationships. Okay. So you don't need to, the specialization actually helps you even more to form um, meaningful relationships with other humans. You don't need to keep them separate. Okay. Even if someone doesn't understand, it isn't based on understanding. It's based on you allowing yourself to be the fullness of light that you are as Lisa and how much you care. Oh, that's interesting. Lisa, is there a part of you that, because some of us do this in newer relationships, is there a part of you that sort of almost tries, tries to rein in how much you want to show somebody that you care about them, especially when you're just getting to know them? Is it sort of like, well, I don't want them to know I care about, it may feel weird to someone if they, if they sense I care about them and I've just met them. Do you kind of withhold that sense of your very caring nature to people that you're just meeting? I do tend to do that. I, I'm mindful of not being overwhelming. That we think we're going to be too much for them, right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you guys, the tickles in my throat this allergy season are no fun at all. I apologize. Um, okay, so Lisa, with that, it's interesting. And that's very fair. And it's a very intelligent approach, right? And yet, by, by withholding some of your best energy, which is that you are a deeply caring person, right? You may actually, um, not deprive, but it's almost like a missed opportunity. Because if you were too much First of all, we don't think you will be too much for somebody, <laughs> right? Um, but if you were too much for somebody, then they're probably energetically closed off and may not be a satisfying, you know, connection or relation or friendship anyway, right? So from our perspective, you actually don't have much to lose by letting yourself care as much as you do, even for people you're first meeting, Oh, wow. Oh, Lisa. The other thing I'm noticing here is that it, yeah, thank you. Mary Magdalene's going to say this part. For any of you that are naturally caring, loving beings, it takes so much energy to, it's almost like act as if you're not, to be polite, <laughs> to be societally accepted, uh, to look more normal, right? To look, to look more like the everyday humans. Um, it takes a lot of energy to withhold the light that you are. And part of the light that you are is being a caring, compassionate individual. It's draining and it's out of alignment with our true nature. Wow. 
Yeah. And I just, I recognize that she wants to add that um, we're not, we're not telling you you're doing it wrong. We're just wanting to point out that you may feel more satisfied doing it in a more natural way to you as Lisa and not worried whether it's too much for someone or not. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and um, hearing her say that withholding puts me out of alignment resonates very much. So I appreciate that. She just said, can you imagine a beautiful flower trying to hide its beauty in a garden? Oh, <laughs> it's easier for them <laughs> to not hide it. Us humans, we tend to overthink a few things now and then I roll. I know I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel, I feel a lightness in your voice, Lisa, now even more than when I, we first started talking here. Anything else that you want to ask? I don't think so. That was incredibly clarifying and affirming and uh, supportive. I very much appreciate it. Thank you. You're so welcome. I love what came through and I would not be surprised if it resonates with a few others that are on the call too. Oh yeah. Gloria just said I can soar <laughs> to this. Yeah. Thanks Gloria. Oh good. I was I'm glad. That might be through. Oh Lisa, thanks so much for asking for the reading and I want to thank your team for how clearly they came through. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Stephanie, let's do you next. All right. Hi. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm glad you're here today. <laughs> do you want to do the mini reading and then a question or how do you want to? Sure. Let's, do, let's do the mini reading and a, okay. uh, yes, yes, please. Okay, perfect. Well, the first thing I'm observing is that you have a lot going on right now. <laughs> and, and I can see, and I, you and I have spoken before, I know that there's a, you have so much energy that you operate as, as Stephanie, that uh, having a lot of kind of balls in the air is very satisfying to you. Also, earth can be very boring uh, to yeah. energy, uh, energies like yours and energy archetype like yours, which is so you're so motivated by creating new things and exploring and curiosity and all those things that um, that that nature helps you from getting bored. And then another mechanism that you use as Stephanie is to have some very a variety of interesting roles and activities and projects that you're kind of either actively doing or dabbling in. Um, and it's okay. And let me look at this more deeply. Hang on. Oh, I feel that. Um, it's okay, Stephanie, if as you proceed with some of the um, expeditions or explorations, it's okay if you decide it's just not worth it. All right. Now, it's interesting because as we're talking about that, I definitely feel that the Yeshua, the Jesus energy there, that, um, that there can be times where you know that it's, uh, that it's a great idea. You know that it could help others, but there are those moments in your reality where you acknowledge that people may not get it and therefore it may not be worth uh, the effort and the energy and the, the time uh, and it, or investment and or investment required to try to put something out there that you know is amazing, 
that if for some reason you just sense others are not going to be as jazzed or excited about it as you are. Stephanie, does that make sense? It, that makes absolute sense. Yes. And it's so sad right. though, right? Yes. It's so frustrating. It's so sad. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at this because another, I mean, if, it, if you really care about it, you may want to do it anyway. Right. As long right. as it doesn't take away from any of the things that, that are more, um, I want to say tangible, right. Um, but yeah, thank you. Hang on just one second. Cause there's, there's some Egyptian <laughs> spiritual elder that wants to come through here. Yeah. Let me just let him say it. Sometimes when I knew my community or, you know, time in general, wasn't going to be ready for what I wanted to insert into space time, I would create another way of inserting it where it was almost like in secret um, where I knew about it and I took great delight in it. Kind of like if you, if you write something down and then you kind of put it in a time capsule <laughs> or something like that, you know, you inserted it into space time, but it wasn't for public consumption. Um, and you just felt like I want to do it, but I don't, I don't want to hear the, what's that? I don't want to have to explain it to people <laughs> if they don't get it, because that isn't, you know, sometimes you just want something to stand on its own. Okay, so there's other ways to insert things into space time that take less effort because you're not expecting to have a dialogue with anyone about it. Um, so you may want to explore those ideas too. Okay. Okay. Is, is, okay. Oh, let me just insert one little thing here and then, and, then, um, and then I'll hear exactly what you want to say. But so an idea of, you know, a practical application of that is, for somebody that wanted to write a book and they're like, you know what? I have a pretty good idea that no one's going to buy this book. No one's gonna understand the title, even though it's the coolest thing ever that I've ever done. So then maybe instead of writing the book, you write down the ideas for the book and you just store it somewhere. I don't know, safety deposit box, you place it on the internet somewhere or something and it leaves crystal breadcrumbs and you never know, I mean, how that will affect others possibly in another time, but it'll feel good to, to have it release out of you. Does that make sense, Stephanie? Yes, that does. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry I interrupted. What else? No, 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 that's absolutely. Because I, I think there's a understanding in that uh, enthusiasm of, hey, look what I did, or look at this beautiful painting I painted. And to have the inner child sort of smacked to the side and been like, ah, oh, what you think doesn't, isn't valuable or whatever. And uh, that part of it, that's where I find sometimes I keep a lot to myself and I keep a lot in the background and I struggle with this. Maybe it's a old belief system that I'm trying to unhinge, but this idea of, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything with that except that it continues to exist in secret and I still remain unseen. So I, 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 there's this bridge of like, what am I bringing on to the earth except just my presence? And is that enough? Like that little nugget right there. Yes. Which you are the expert at. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, cause I, 
Well, I want to applaud you too, because you actually said exactly what we would have responded to you with, which is okay. <laughs> the, the easiest way for any of us that are choosing to embody our light from the inside out in a world that is not asking us to, does not necessarily appreciate it. We don't get a lot of positive feedback or credit for it, right? Um, and it's, it, it, it's awkward at times because it's just so unusual to live your light from the inside out, right? Yes. So the part, of our, the part of our brain and the part of our goal system, the part of our you know, tangible motivation is, I want to make a mark here. Like I want it to count. I want there to be a record of the light I lived when I'm, when I'm not here anymore. Right. But, and we can spend a lot of time and energy doing that. And yet it doesn't always have the effect we wanted it to because so many of us feel like we're just completely almost it's, it maybe is, it isn't even ahead of our time. We're like beyond time. So there may, I mean, the records that Jesus, that were left when Jesus was gone, weren't, they weren't his records, right? And then right. he's just like, oh my God, Jill, you, like, you know, you know, this, he, I know his story, um, that what it was left as, as what he said or what it meant and what his life was about and why he died is so not his story. Yeah. Right. And you there is a healthy detachment from that, that, that he's happy. He lived his light. He's happy. He lived it the way he did. And there is very little control we have over how others perceive it, how others receive it and how others remember it. Mm. So the, the, the safest way in a way for any of us that feel literally like bringers of light, we brought light into space time in our via our humanness okay the safest way to do that and feel okay about it is that the main job is to live our light the main job is to operate ourselves in a way where we feel in alignment with our values with our passions with our interests and you know there's all the other mundanity of of taking care <laughs> of of our own human and you know loved ones that are part of our responsibility or whatever all these other roles that we have to pay the bills there's a lot to keep us busy um but it for any of us that that have this bringer of light sensation it rarely feels like enough we would so prefer that is well you guys need to get all together in a global you know, arena four times a year and like turn up the light and, you know, radiate it out in the world. And, and we, you just, we all feel so isolated regularly and we should be writing books and like, why are, why, why isn't Stephanie on this panel for this conversation? She has something truly unique to offer when the other 15 speakers are all probably going to sing the same song. <laughs> Right. It's like, okay, now you got the, I just saw somebody at one of my, for some reason, I'm getting all these Facebook friends requests and it's really, there's just like a slew of them all of a sudden. And when I look at these newer folks that are now kind of on my, on my radar in a way, and they're all excited about such and such conference and the, you know, ohm circle, I don't know, whatever. And it's all the names. And I'm like, I think they all have the same philosophy about everything. So, but great. You know what? They're probably going to preach to the choir. They're probably going to, it's going to be a feel good experience, but I, 
I don't look at it as they're going to expand the light much beyond what it already is, but that may not be their, their inner motivation. It's definitely mine. I love to push that envelope. And that is me too. That's where, yes. <laughs> we tend to find each other. I have to say, we're like, okay, that light's great. Is that working for you? Great. I want more. How much light can my body hold? That's the <laughs> question. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Stephanie, does that help in terms of, you know, the amazing ideas you have and things you want to pursue? How is that feeling for you that they're basically wanting you to decide like, and not feel obligated to, oh, I have to carry, I have to bring this all the way to the finish line. When you may, sometimes it's more disappointing to go through all the layers and then go, really, that's, that's it. You know, that's the only response I got, you know? Yes. Yes. Well, and it's true that I feel like half the stuff that I feel like I have going on is to take me to the next layer of experience and then to expand in that. And once I fast with it, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I'm like, Ooh, what's next? <laughs> so there's that element of, of, um, wanting to continue and wanting to always expand my horizons in a way. And, um, and then I think of some of the thing that could be helpful for others, but you're right. At the end of the day, I do sit back and question, oh, who is this, who's really going to get this or where is it going to really matter? And in the meantime, I only have this much time available, so I'm going to reinvest it in my, myself essentially. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I may sound like I'm contradicting a little bit here and that isn't my intention though, but I, I consist, had I only shared what I thought people would be ready for, or what you guys would hear me say when you first, you know, found me, right, came to stumble across my work, I probably would have overthought the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of explain the process I used, right? So I didn't sacrifice my life, right, to start the podcast, I didn't like, uh, I didn't quit my career uh, for the reason of, oh, I have to do this, right? I quit my career because I could quit my career financially in a personal decision between my husband and I and where he was at with his career, okay? So I didn't, I didn't feel like I was sacrificing so much by sticking my neck out a little bit and offering something that I was not sure anyone would ask for. I, that I was not sure anyone would even hear, (laughs) let alone benefit from, or that it would, you know, help sponsor even more and more light within each of you and, and in the collective. Um, So I approached it in kind of a cost benefit analysis of, and this is where the the books I've written, I'm sort of, and yet I still want to do another one. It's kind of, I can't, I can't help myself but I'm not taking money away from, you know, my, my kids shoes, right. I have the money set aside where I could do a fourth book. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to do it, but I'm also very realistic about probably isn't going to do that great. Um, because what I want to talk about isn't what enough people want to read. I don't think, um, you know, it, it, So I kind of measure that all the time of, well, how much of my Jill am I going to need (laughs) to put something out there that is very different, that is very unique? And then is my main goal that I want to share it or is my main goal how many people receive it? 
And I always have to monitor that part because I'll constantly be bit, be beaten on YouTube by the cute kittens and puppies and viral videos of, you know, somebody running into a car or something. And somehow that's entertaining to people. I, I don't get it, but they'll always win. They'll always beat me. So I, I can't look at it that way. Yes. Okay. Yes. Does that help too, Stephanie? Yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah. So I guess to add on to that, the things that you're really like, oh, I really don't want to leave this reality as Stephanie without offering and inserting this thing or that idea or whatever. There's so many ways that we can do that that are that are easier than we think they'll be. That may you're right, may not be what's, you know, so somebody may, may be ready for, but you never know. Because if it's said in such a way or offered in such a way where it's just so compelling, right? Wow. It's just like this, like, I can't deny the wisdom here. This feels, she's pointing out some really logical things here. You may be, if we get better and better at this, the unique things we have to offer may be more readily palatable and appreciated than we could estimate. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely, I don't know if you guys have noticed, that's definitely where my energy has been, especially uh, starting in January of this year, 2021. Hmm. I'm really motivated to say things in a way where it feels different because it is different and why helping them see why it's different. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. Would you call that like a, just a shift in the templates or? Good question. I mean, it can cause a shift in the templates, right? It's definitely a a shift internally in terms of, you know, what is motivating uh, to self, what feels worth it to self, what you're deciding to be curious about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, huh, I wonder if I, I wonder if I did say it differently. I wonder if I didn't use the language of the 20 people at the OM convention. (laughs) You know what I mean? I wonder if I said it in a way where somebody could say, oh, and instead of, you know, leaning away, they lean in and go, that's interesting because they've never heard it that way. Yes. And if it's more relatable and if it, it doesn't use strange jargon to people, right? That I've definitely been recognizing that over the last few years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does that help answer that question? Yes, it does. Yes. Sometimes it's worth it. And, and it's up to you to decide Stephanie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, depending on how sensitive you are, that's another factor. I'm, (laughs) I can be very sensitive. Um, So when I put out something like on YouTube or whatever that I'm really excited about, I kind of intentionally don't look at the numbers Um, don't look at how many views it has and things like that, because it just, there's a part, there's a layer of my Jill. If I really loved what happened there, I just have a layer of me that can get really deflated and bummed out. And some of you may not have that challenge or that problem, but I definitely do. Um, And it's not about deception. It's about actually keen awareness that there's a part of my Jill that feels like what we're offering is more important than the kittens and the puppies. 
<laughs> you know? Uh, so I just have to watch out for that version of my Jill. Cause if, if she gets too bummed out and if I'm analyzing like, well, 80% of the viewers on this video only got to the first two minutes. I mean, she'll just go, well, why are we even trying? Let's just shoot pictures of the dog and just get it, you know, just enjoy life. <laughs> and maybe she's not wrong. I don't know. This is a lot more work for sure. <laughs> um, but I, I feel good about what we're offering and that matters too. Yes. Yeah. I hope that's helpful because I know you have a lot of original ideas yourself, sister, and that's one of the reasons why we keep fits so well together, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's an honor. Thank you. <laughs> Your sister, any other questions or does that feel? No, that feels good. I can just affirm and, and reiterate the same level of sensitivity and, and, you know, just that inner child inside that's like delights in, in my creations. And um, yeah. And, and I, I get that. I get that so much. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm glad I brought up that part then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Stephanie. Great. I love you too. Voice. Good to hear yours too. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I love you guys. Amazing group here. Okay. Elaine, can we do you next? And I can unmute you. Let's see. Okay, I did the ask to un. Oh, you did it, I think. Yeah, I just unmuted. Hi, Hi Elaine. How are you? Beautiful face. Um, I just want you to know you're better than puppies and kittens, so don't <gasps> even worry about that. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I am, but um, not a competition. Yeah, it's not, but you win anyway. Okay. Um, so I guess I would like to hear from my team too before I ask any questions. There's okay. a. I think recently I've been a little different than I was even a couple of months ago. So I'm wondering okay. what my team has to think about that. Okay. Okay. So, <coughs> excuse me, Elaine, when I look at your energy field, it almost looks like there was a part of you that was regularly, you know, making yourself available for others. You are also a natural healer. I know you know that. Um, and you know, your care and concern for others, your compassion for others. And it looks like you made an adjustment and it looks to me like it actually started last fall. So maybe around October, November, right around the holidays of 2020, where you were just sort of acknowledging like, wow, I think, and, and maybe it's that part where some of us as healers recognize, I think when we realize that we want somebody's well-being or improvement or, uh, healing or growth more than they do. And there's this, that's a very important realization that we can have as, as healers and as compassionate beings, because it's not that we want to, we don't want to thwart their healing or progress or growth. It's just that we realize, oh, I want it more than they do. Maybe I should <laughs> pull myself back into myself a little bit more. Um, and reassess what that means to be a caring, loving individual with these beings, but not feel so um, connected energetically with whether they make those choices or not. Elaine, is, I just want to check in with you. Am I reading that correctly? Is that, does that feel like what's happening from your perspective? If I think back to that 
were a couple of things that were happening um, in the, with the health of a couple of people that I know, a best friend and a relative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I was very concerned and wanting to help them. And in one case, I think that I, I wanted to help them more than they wanted to help themselves. But I'm not sure that I recognized that at that time or thought that way at that time. Thinking back now, I could see that that's the truth. Okay. Okay. Thank you for affirming because I was, I just wanted to make sure we were on the right track there. So given that, that's, that's a confusing adjustment, right? Because it's almost like the people that you care the most about may not, may not have the progress that you wish for them. They may not make the same they may not take the initiative and, and, you know, uh, explore the right avenues to get the results that you're hoping they get. And Elaine, what I see energetically, if there's, is that there's a part of you that is concerned that, but if they don't get well, if they don't get better, what does that mean to me as Elaine? Uh, Yeah, that resonates. And that makes, it makes total sense. And I just want to honor the the brain part of this because it's, it's so, it's so intelligent that, well, I, I'll feel better when they feel better. And that's a hundred percent true, especially the more we care about individuals or the, the harder their life is. And the more it's almost like, Oh, please, please let this person get better. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So so then where do you, what do you do going forward? Because energetically there, it is upsetting and energetically when we feel like our well-being and sense of joy, sense of purpose, even, um, but mainly sense of harmony is tied to somebody else's healing, growth, positive outcome. And that gets tricky. And I'm going to recommend something that you may not like. <laughs> because it's incredibly humbling (laughs) for those of us that are professional helpers, right? It is really, really hard to say, actually, you can do as much as you want, but what really is going to make the difference is what that person decides to do, what that person decides to research, the actions that person decides to change in their life, right? right? So then there's a part of us that naturally says, well, I can't just sit here and do nothing. I want them to get better. But yet in many, in many instances, that is that all we can be is ourselves. And there, again, that professional helper kind of layer of ourselves can be so stubborn and obstinate almost about that. Well, I just refuse to take that for an answer. And it's like, well, that that's fine, but that doesn't mean you're, you can force it into being a truth. Right. Yeah. Okay, so then it comes down to, could you explore the idea that you as Elaine can be a whole and complete expression of source energy that you are, even if these loved ones don't make any progress, or if they even in if it's health related, um, mental health related, what if they deteriorate? And there's a part of us that feels like, no, 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 I refuse. I refuse, I refuse to feel well if they don't feel well. I refuse to, to make myself okay when another person is clearly not okay. 
And I'm going to do, I'm going to do a logic game right here. Okay. So because the illogical part is that part of us in our humanness is pretending that by our being stubborn on our own well-being, it will have a positive effect on their transition or their progression. They're mm-hmm. here, but that's not true. So then not only do you have one person that's not um, possibly taking the right actions or the right intentions, the right you know, exploration of, of what could make them well, you've, you're also sacrificing your own well-being in the process, which isn't benefiting anybody. It would, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't feel like um, I'm not okay if they're not okay, okay, other than the fact that I am empathetically want them to be okay, but I still feel like I'm great. <laughs> like about me personally recently, I feel better than I have in ages. Possibly because of some of the energetic shifts that we've talked about. Yeah. But you made the realization that your well-being and their well-being is not the same thing. Right. Yeah, that's big. Okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. That because that's the what you are just mentioned is the outcome we were hoping for. And now I now I get it that you're already there. <laughs> so good job. And and it still doesn't make the other person better. And that that's still not that's still the part that is so easy to not like. Right. that's, that's a good description. I don't like it because I wish for them something better, but I understand that I can't make that happen either. And it's, yeah, I just want to, I'm so sorry that's happening. Elaine, I have my own version of this with a a dear family member, um, my blood family member. And it's just, it's heartbreaking you guys. Yeah. Because for any of us that, that want well-being for everybody, when there is somebody that is so close to you, you've known them your whole life or whatever, and you're just like, it hurts. And if we're empathic, it just adds to it. It hurts us that they're hurting and we wish we could fix it. And it's just so sad when it just isn't going the way you want it to for mm-hmm. them. It's not selfish. It's you want them to be better. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I just want you to know that I faced that in my own life too. And, um, and there definitely are moments where I'm like, how could I possibly feel so, so not only okay, but amazing in my life when somebody I know so well is hurting so badly. And that will never make sense to me. They'll never be there. Well, it's because, you know, of course, Joe, you know, it's the, uh, this is weird. This is a really weird place. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. What question did you want to ask? So I, d- I did have a, just, a, I'm curious if my team has anything to say about it, but recently I've very much, I've, I'm very much thinking a lot about my creator self. And I always see that me looking at me and kind of getting a big chuckle out of all of it. Like, you know, that, And it makes me make things seem less, um, you know, they're not big. Nothing's a big deal so much anymore. I just picture me looking at me, taking it so seriously or thinking it matters all that much. And um, it's given me a very light feeling. Okay. Terrific. I think. Yeah, let me, I want to ask you a little bit about the laughing part. Do you feel like it's laughing 
I just want to clarify. Is it, do you feel when you say you as your team are looking at you and laughing, do you feel like it's like, it's okay, Elaine, what do you want to do? Or is it, oh, Elaine, you know, she's so silly. Like it's not taking you seriously. Oh, no, no. It's the right. first. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, you know, she knows, she knows that, you know, huh? we're all, um, we're safe here mm-hmm. and all of whatever she's got herself and, you know, her shorts and a knot about, it's not a big deal. Um, she knows that and yet she still does it sometimes. And then sometimes she realizes she's doing it and she thinks about herself, create herself being amused by what her being is doing here sometimes in a good way. Okay. Thank you. And I, I love it that you described that it's allowed you to be lighthearted. Um, and I can resonate with this because that's how my, that's how my journey as Jill is too, that there are times when I get like, let my, when I let myself get totally pissed off about something, I know my team is like, Jill is fired up on this thing, <laughs> you know? And they're just like, look at her, look at her go. Let's see what she does next. But they're not trying to stop me. They're not like, yes, go get them. Right. They're just like, okay. Look at her responding to something with such passion <laughs> that when I get pissed off about something, it's typically an injustice or deception or yeah. just, a, you know, a truth that's not being clearly seen by others. And it's frustrating to me yeah. um, because it anyway, because <laughs> it would help them to know the truth. Right. So just like um, anyway, so yes, I can relate. I love the outcome that you, that you described about lighthearted. It's allowed life to be easier yeah. because, because it is our teams basically acknowledging you, like you said, as creator energy going, Elaine, do you want to get, do you want to get your shorts in the twist? I love that expression that you use, by the way, do you want to get your shorts in the twist on this one or not? I mean, because we do have that choice and part of choice is creator. It's being, it's choosing what we want to be and what we decide to be in any certain moment or experience and what we offer and how we respond in this world. Um, the biggest thing we're creating always is ourselves. Yeah. Well, so does that answer that question, Elaine? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, your self-awareness is brilliant here, sister. I'm yeah, I feel it, it feels um, recent and it seems like it li- lifted a big weight off of mm-hmm. me. And when I am getting kind of overwhelmed by something, that's, I, I think about that. Oh, I'm going to look at myself from up there and kind of see how silly I'm being. And we, we, we laugh about it. So I like it. That's good. Yeah. The other thing I like about it is that it expands our sense of choices beyond our human emotions. Um, because at a, at a narrow range of consciousness, um, at, a, at a detached way of viewing ourselves as greater energy where creator force is outside of us and we're this, you know, more helpless or more hopeless sort of, you know, human creature, um, we don't feel like we have choice if we're, you know, angry at somebody for something or we're disappointed in somebody for something. And to that narrower version of humanness, that's all one feels. So there mm-hmm. isn't the acknowledgement of, oh, there's another layer of me that is not bothered by this, that is mm-hmm. not pissed off, that is not devastated by this. 
And it's not that it doesn't deny the parts of us that are upset, pissed off, whatever. It's that there's more to us as expanded energy than that. And that allows us to acknowledge there's more choices. Um, whether we, you know, are kind of in initiating a disagreement with someone, right? Where, well, I need them to know, you know, and it's like, actually, another part of me doesn't need them to know anything, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, yeah, do I still want to say something? Do I still want to send a text or do I just want to just let it go? And maybe I say something or maybe I don't, but then we literally have more authority over mm-hmm. who and what we are because we're not at the whim of our emotions, our feelings, um, what's on our mind in that moment, right? It's so empowering. And I love to hear your, um, you're demonstrating that, Elaine. So just like, yes, you guys are amazing. Uh, that, that the explanation you just gave of it was, is perfect. So that was helpful. Thank you. You're so welcome. Anything yeah. else, Elaine? No, thanks. That was great. I love you, sister. Right back. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Oh, you guys, you guys are, I love your questions, by the way. And I love what your team is offering. We're really covering a lot of great ground today. All right, Gloria, you're next. I'm going to ask to unmute you. Hi, yep. Gloria. Hi. Hi. Okay. First timer. Nice. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> This Do you really, I, go ahead? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. This is everything, everybody that's talked. Um, wow. I'm just being like wowed over and over. So I'm wow. <laughs> See, it happened again. <laughs> and I saw your chat comments of how much you were resonating with, uh, with what came through so far. And uh-huh. um, I'm so glad to hear that that happens a lot, but it's still, it's still fun to know that when it happens, because it's, it's really cool. Very cool. It's like, it's like this little community that I feel like I just, you know, ballooned in on, <laughs> like I just like dropped in on and like, whoo, that makes sense. That makes sense. Awesome. I could told, yeah. So I'm just feel like I'm plugging into something that I've worn before or something. Nice. So oh, that's, that's, I love your words, sister. <laughs> Want to do the mini reading and then ask a question? Please. That sounds okay. amazing. Okay. Let me connect with your other layers of self here. Oh yeah. Oh Gloria. Uh, since we haven't done a reading with you, I can feel them wanting to like really like do it right. They're saying, okay, let me let your team speak here. Um, Gloria, we look at you as a very well-designed system of light. There is a smoothness to you. There is an inner rhythm to you um, that you hold very, very well in your field even when you're around somebody that has a very different rhythm, maybe a kind of a frenetic or a chaotic or an ADHD (laughs) sort of essence, uh, there's a part of you as Gloria that naturally, not only do you maintain your own sense of inner um, alchemy, inner harmony, you also, it's sort of like you expand the range of it so that it may benefit the other individual that you're experiencing. Wow. Wow. Didn't know I did that. That's the best part of gifts, right? When we, when it, when we are it without even trying, <laughs> right? Yeah. The best kind. It's the best. That, oh yeah. Um, sorry. I'm interrupting your team. Um, 
that's what we were talking about in terms of the, you were a very intentionally designed, wired person. Um, we look at you as us and we want to make sure we say that. So we look at it as we have a Gloria, we get to be in this reality and it's you. We love your positive intentions. We love that you can have patience in times that most would drive most people to impatience. Um, we actually like your impulsive side as well, because it's a, you have a very quick way of processing things at times, especially if it's very creative um, and exciting to you. There's you, you, you roll through a lot of processes like lightning fast. Um, and sometimes we're, you'll probably find that other individuals, you'd benefit from helping them catch up <laughs> mm. <laughs> because you just went from A to Z and they're, they're like, wait, what just happened? How, how did you get there? What are we doing? Wow. Why are we doing that? Right. And you're like, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you ever feel that way, that you as a natural leader really of, of, positive ideas, etc. Did you just sneeze? No. Okay. It sounded like a sneeze and I wanted to say, bless you. Anyway, um, <laughs> but that natural leader uh, part of you, even though you may not want to be known as a leader, because you may not always want the responsibility that goes with that. If what you're leading is good ideas, then there's less responsibility. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that inner rhythm, we want to talk a little bit more about this though, because it is incredibly soulful. Um, you have a system that allows you to access well-being that is very, very unusual in your reality. So that may help you explain more uh, fully why it seems like you're able to get through tough situations um, more smoothly than maybe somebody else or why in a group experience like a pandemic or whatever, um, you feel like you're more resilient somehow. There is a soulfulness to you that is amazingly centering, healing, calming, quieting, right? There's a tremendous, there's tremendous inner quiet to you. And it's probably hard to imagine how much noise other individuals have in their field, which disrupts their rhythm all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we just wanted to point some of those things out because, um, oh, thank you. Wait, they're going to go really deep here. Hang on. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait to see how they do this. Um, There is a, there's a contingent of humans right now on the planet that were very intentionally designed for your time, for your reality to, with the purpose and with the intention of being a soulful expression of their source energy in their humanity. Those of you that feel in any way like you, that you're probably part of that contingency, have regularly felt like you are different, very different than your fellow humans. 
And it can be very, um, the distinction between how you feel in your own self relative to how you imagine others feel in their body suits can be dramatic and drastic. Yep. So the story that, that we would offer you is that the other individuals that feel like they don't have a lot of self-control, they don't feel authority over who and what they are. They feel like their emotions and their thoughts and outer stimuli are constantly running the self and running the show and hijacking joy and disrupting peace um, and productivity and well-being and all the other things. Those individuals are in a design system that was from another um, level of reality, another level of consciousness. And it has a dramatic effect on them in this reality. So one thing that, um, that this one, uh, Jill and her team are working on is trying to um, convey the different entry points of consciousness into human body suits so that there is possibly greater awareness and therefore more informed choices post-death in the afterlife when it comes to reincarnation. Hmm. Because when one designs a self to be in a very intentional, uh, well-designed, very conscious, heart-centered, if you will, sort of way, those incarnations don't happen in the same um, levels of reality as others, that it happens more at the, the pure source energy uh, version of self. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. How you doing, Gloria? <laughs> I'm sure if I followed that last part, but it's okay. I feel like I can re-listen or I, or I can, um, unless they they want to give you a, another more info, but I, okay. um, I feel like I can plug in later or, it kind of, it's kind of funny. It kind of went over my head and then it's trying to like circle through. And I'm like, I don't know if I just understood what she said. Oh my God, this is fun. Cause what's happening. I want to describe what's happening there. Cause that, when that happens with me, my team shows me that I, our, our energy fields are a ball, right? It's like an orb. Mm-hmm. And at the edge of the orb is the edge of our consciousness. So when there is something beyond the edge of our consciousness, we don't have the processing to get it <laughs> so it's kind of out there and we know it's there it's like i'm over here but i can't get to you <laughs> right um but i want to try is it okay if i try again yeah hi i just thought i'd turn my thing oh that's nice to see you that was really good <laughs> that. um so what's happening is that you know, it, it, trying to explain this is really really tricky but i always i love the challenge because it's so important So the vast majority of humans currently on the planet got here, if you will, from a post-death reincarnation planning system that is is a very similar level of consciousness to the consciousness that we have inside this reality. Okay. So can you imagine a human as their as their human awareness, beliefs, understanding, 
they die, the body suit is no longer right, but there's still a field of consciousness that is an orb like thing. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine that orb like thing interacting with other orb like things that are also purely operating from the consciousness pretty much that they had while they were alive, replanning like who they're going to pick for parents, what birth date they're going to have, um, where are you going to be born? What time are you going to be born? What parents are you going to choose? I mean, there's a lot of the consciousness is so limited. It leads to very different planning choices than we make when we are planning an incarnation as our source energy. Okay. So that's the distinction. So, um, I mean, one, uh, really unfortunate thing that that came through one time in somebody's session and i do want to point this out because so it was so so fascinating to me there was a being in that afterlife reincarnation planning option that there are helpers right but they're limited in consciousness too at that at that range of self and they were trying to talk this being into incarnating with two very unstable likely abusive parents and the the story if you will that they gave this this being was now you look like you were a healer when you were alive as your you know andrea or whatever and Mm -hmm. these people could really use some healing so maybe you want to be their child they want to have a child Mm -hmm. and that being that was known as andrea may actually think it's a good idea to say yes, to be the child of two parents that wouldn't be allowed to adopt a dog. Mm. Right. And it's like, Oh my God, what is going on here? So there's, there's a whole, there's a level of the system of incarnation that in, and I'm super opinionated about this. It's incredibly problematic. Is that the dark matrix? You could definitely look at it as the dark matrix, but Uh, I've never heard that term before. So we may be using it differently. So my interpretation of that is it's a, it's a system of consciousness that is not fully benevolent. And that doesn't mean it's necessarily malevolent by intention, but because it lacks benevolence, (laughs) uh, there's a lot of opportunity for thoughtlessness, um, pain, harm, And there could be a degree of malevolence, immature, you know, kind of energy there. That's just like, let's see what happens if we trigger into this family. You know what I mean? Sort of not, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. And for those that want good things for all people, they wouldn't even play a part of that dark matrix as you're calling it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Wild, absolutely wild. But when I heard that from my team and that, that part in terms of somebody, you know, how would somebody end up the child of, you know, two parents that from the get-go, I mean, on a resume, I, I, an animal shelter would have said, I'm sorry, no, right. you can't have one of our puppies or kittens. Right. You're banned. <laughs> You've returned five already and you lost two, you know what I mean? Whatever. Um, yeah. It's just uh, when I felt that, And then I really started observing the world because I do like to try and I like to believe that we can make sense. We can make better sense of why the world is the way it is. And once Mm -hmm. I had that piece, I was like, oh, my God, no wonder. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's funny because I've been doing a ton of inner work healing lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, COVID just threw me into the freaking shit well of looking at so much stuff. And, and even more so, just yesterday I was out with a headache all day and I could feel stuff releasing. And, and I just get sometimes to the point of like, when is this going to be over? Like, and I don't know. Um, if I can just ask a question around that, it's just as far as like all the work I've been doing. Um, and recently I, um, I had an issue with my, my left eye where um, I had LASIK a long time ago, like 10 years ago. And I had one, far, one eye that sees long distance, one eye that sees short. And I couldn't, I was having a hard time reading my phone and stuff. So I go, my LASIK's bad. You know, let's go get my LASIK fixed. And they're like, you have a hole in your retina. I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, whoa, what's that about? So um, I go get it checked out and, and it wasn't quite a hole. And so the doctor was very cool. I, that was a cool attraction because he's like, well, I wouldn't do surgery now, but let's see me in another month. So I just got my, you know, I was doing my figure eights, my infinity sign, and I was getting some healer friends. And um, I go back in a month and it, it just broke open. Like it was, I see the pictures. He showed me the pictures. I took photos and and he said, yeah, well, it broke through. So you're going to need surgery. And surgery is just kind of a bummer. You have to lay face down for like 48 hours mm -hmm. and all this, you know, it's surgery. You know, if they go in your eye, if to drain the fluid, it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. And so then I got him to give me four more weeks on top of that. And then I, I really worked with like healers and spent some money. And I actually was feeling like I was doing really well. Like I even heard at one point, like, congratulations. Like I, I was putting so much energy into, you know, closing that hole up. And then when I went back, like the, after the six weeks or whatever it was, eight weeks. Um, and I, and I basically went back saying, okay, if this doesn't heal, I'm going to go, I'll do the surgery, even though I don't want to, it had gotten actually bigger and I was so disappointed. And then I had the surgery and now my eyes still not back to normal yet. Okay. Going, what am I not seeing? Am I not? Am I not? Because I I feel like I'm doing all the work I'm supposed to be doing. No. Oh, Gloria. It's this whole defeated disappointment of the guides. Because then, like, when I, at, at the doctor's office, and he said it actually looks a little bit worse, I'm like, what? Because I, was, I wasn't ready for that. I thought he was going to be like, wow, you're getting a little sure. bit better. It's not completely closed, you know? Yeah. So to have, like, that wasn't even in my world. <laughs> Of, of the possibilities so I guess my question or whatever they want to say is just like what what was the lesson about because I I felt like I put so much I and I tried to walk the line of like you know Gloria it might not happen don't don't you know like you're walking that tightrope be yep. okay it's you know but I just wasn't okay for it getting worse I was okay for it not to close all the way and then I would have still done surgery but Okay. Just to have that and to have two healers be completely wrong that I really trust when they looked at it, they're like, yeah, your eyes getting stronger. It feels good. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing all these lights and I'm seeing this thing. And I literally went, went, made myself small and was doing figure eight. So I was writing love. I was writing, I was doing, you would not yeah. believe what I did. Gloria, <laughs> so, I can tell you that Lisa, Stephanie and Elaine, who all have been co-creators with me now for quite a while are all like, Gloria, we're so glad you're here because we have a very different perspective, okay? Yay! Thank okay. you. And you'll, see, you'll see in the chat room, I think it was Elaine that, that recommended some, I think, different things that we've done before that will help with some of the topics we've talked oh, thank about. You. But thank you, thank let's do a, okay, so just because 
um, those healing techniques and your energy that you put into it didn't work doesn't mean that your team is happy that it didn't work or that there's a lesson to be learned here. Okay. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't, that wasn't even an option. I know. I'm like, there has to be a lesson. I know. I yeah. Up. Because I'm being, finished. I'm being right. Right. Because that paradigm says everything happens for a reason. Right. So by, by that, in that framework, what it ends up doing to its devotees is taking everything personally. Mm. And that is so yeah. unfortunate. That is really not a great strategy at all to have in this reality. No, it's okay? not. whether it's a hole in your retina, like WTF, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, somebody backing into you at a, at a parking lot or, you know, the loss of a, a loved one, right? There are so many things that happen in this reality that are thoughtless actions, lack of consciousness, and just energy being its thing, right? Bodies, our human bodies, not always working towards divinity, regularly working towards chaos and, you know, uh, inflammation. And, you know, <laughs> there's just a lot of un unplanned, unthoughtful, not divinely intended things and cell replication and all of those things that happen in this reality. So, because of, because of that being our, not only our premise, it's like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that happen in this reality that are not of divine design, that are thoughtless, that are just, you know, creator energy, not knowing it's creator energy and doing really thoughtless, stupid things, or just cells doing things that are like, I don't know, I guess we've got a hole here. Is it getting, it's getting bigger. You know, it's not like, we need to make a hole so that <laughs> Gloria can learn a lesson. <laughs> you know, it isn't that. So, but there's a huge amount of individuals and consciousness, spirituality and enlightenment that it's almost like they've decided they need to believe that everything here happens for a reason. And the amount of energy and time and money spent on trying to um, learn lessons, trying to figure out what the lessons are, trying to heal ourselves, trying to, you know, not be manipulated, trying to get the outcome that we want, as if we have control over this reality, and what happens to us. So the truth is, we don't have that kind of control. The only control we really have is ourselves, and how we respond to the, the natural unplanned things that happen in this world, whether it's a hole in the retina or, you know, the loss of a loved one or our own other health challenges or, or so many things that happen here. So it's not that source or God is like, take care of yourselves, people. You know, it's not that God doesn't care. It's that God says, yeah, you got this really weird reality. You said yes to at one point and I'm, I love you and I'm sorry that you're hurting and, you know, please get, please get help that makes sense to you so that you can be well. Um, but it isn't this, I didn't plan this for you. There is no lesson for you. And I'm sorry that's happened to you. All I want to do is love you and say, I'm sorry that's happening to you. Hmm. So it's a complete, it's a complete different interpretation of so many things in this world. Um, so I've been utilizing it now, I call it 21st century enlightenment for over 10 years. It's 
it's so much better. And I mean, even when I got shingles on the left side of my face, uh, around 2000, probably 15, maybe 13. And I remember my audience going, well, did you look it up in Louise Hayes book? It, I was just going to say Louise Hayes. This drill. And I'm like, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I understand you're trying to help. I'm interacting with my team here and they're just basically saying, get the ice, dear. It's going to be about four weeks. So sorry, this is happening to you. Right. So oh, there's such a different viewpoint for me. Totally. I know. And it takes, and some people don't like it and that's totally fine. But here's the thing. I chose to make lessons out of my shingles. I didn't have, I don't think I'd ever felt pain like that. And I'm a mom. I have two kids I gave birth to, um, but I never felt anything like that. And it, it softened me to other people's pain. But the way that the way that that's shown to me, I chose to make that lesson. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, planned. It wasn't designed. I didn't need that lesson. I chose to make lemonade out of lemons because shingles sucked. Yeah. So then now when anything bad happens, I'm just like, okay, somebody did run into me in the parking lot. I'm like, okay, let's just deal with this. Not what I wanted to do today. But it's not, I, there's no part of me anymore that it, that has an Im imagination of my team going, well, we're going to teach you a lesson, Missy. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, okay, so team, you got anything? And they're like, yeah, just handle it, Jill. I mean, he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you know, do what you got to do. You know what to do here. Wow. And it's totally different. So now I'm not chasing down meaning for every little thing that happens in my life. Um, I have more than enough meaning in my life. I don't need to find meaning in a bobcat chasing my cat <laughs> on Sunday night this last week, which actually happened. I'm not looking up bobcat. I'm just like, oh my God, you know, we got nature like right there. Um, they, that's like the Native American way. Like the Native Americans even do that. Like, you know, you see an eagle and what does the eagle speak of? The eagle speaks of whatever, you know, looking Native whatever. Americans are closer to divinity than we are. Yeah. Yeah, but they've made in they've been made into that. Right. Because that's another storyline is that there's all these other beings that are closer to God than you. <laughs> so you need to do what they do. But that isn't a, just because it's tradition for however long it's been tradition doesn't mean it has to be the right. It has, doesn't have to be the right way. If it works for somebody, that's great. We're just mm -hmm. offering a completely other way of gotcha. knowing we're connected to source, staying connected to source Get, living our light through all of the meandering things that can happen in this world. It's a completely different path. And I've never questioned my light. I've never questioned God. I'm able to much, I handle, so like COVID last year, and, and so many of my audience members have said this, they're like, I hate to say this, but I love 2020. I was fine with 2020. I was great. I was like, I think it's because our system works. Hmm. Because I wasn't like, oh my God, what does it mean? I was like, oh fudge, we've got like a really, really shitty situation here, like on a whole bunch of levels. That's everybody hang on to your light. Because we leave our energy field when we're trying to chase down purpose and meaning. And we are diminishing our creator energy when we are acting like there's a version of us trying to teach us lessons because we're trying to pretend that earth is a school when it isn't. Hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Your team just said this probably enough for today, Jill. <laughs> well, doing the inner the inner child work is is it's not making me. 
use my words, but it is, it's, it's uh, whatever. I'm, I'm choosing to look at a lot of the things I held on as a child, my belief systems, mm. you know, like believing I needed to take on my mom's stuff, believing this, believing the stuff my mom threw, projected at me, mm. which weren't obviously, which, which weren't good. But then when you believe that it's like, oh, so I'm not a lovable. I'm not whatever, blah, blah, blah. So then when you, when I'm trying to navigate that, like my psychology part of me, the psychologist part of me, the he, the part that wants to heal me yes. through the mind, wants to figure it out and be like, oh, that's why I feel like I need to be punished because blah, 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 blah. Because the little Catholic girl that didn't want to go to church, but that got yelled at and whatever. So it's, yeah, it's hard to unplug from that because it's huge. We're addicted to the stories. And I love that you have that psychology um, brain and knowledge because it's perfect for this. So um, the, the other version of enlightenment is spirituality. It is very story dependent. What is the story? We need the story. And the story tends to perpetuate codependency. So another way of, of, uh, helping with the part that you just mentioned, which is so astute and very wise of you, because how do you not look for the story and everything so that you can learn from it, right? Yeah. And this is the, this is the strategy that, that we're going to recommend. By recognizing that sometimes there are just unfortunate things that happened here that never actually damaged, diminished, or harmed your light of source energy that you are, but it felt like it did. Oh, jeez. It just blew my socks off. Wait. So, wait. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. So, as a child, all those things that I took on didn't change me. Oh, they, I mean? they, affected, they affected you for sure. You're a testament to that, right? Because you, you know those, those experiences that you had. Right. You're, they're not, your light isn't buried underneath those. Okay, so what happens with inner child work and, um, you know, doing the work, whether, whether it's child work or shadow work, and there's so many different versions of yeah. work, right, is that it's almost like we're acting like there's this huge pile of like shit, or mm -hmm. leaves or trash or compost, and there's a diamond ring in there. And we've got to go through all the leaves, all the shit, all the compost, so mm -hmm. that we can be the diamond, the light we are. Mm -hmm. And and instead, it's like, no, you've always been the light. You will always be the light. There's nothing that could ever happen to you in this reality that would actually harm the light that you are. What got harmed is your ability to feel the light that you are. And that is very different. So in that regard, you don't have to work through all that stuff. Um, and it's just a matter of, okay, I could work through all that stuff and it, it may, it may be, feel super beneficial, but I don't need to analyze all, I don't need to do, oh yeah, thank you. You're seeing something me with the words. You <laughs> need to do the work to trust and be the light you are, to be loving, to be caring, not only of others, but also yourself. So it attributes a totally different meaning to the human experiences or past life experiences or anything else that the, the mind has, the brain has decided, oh yeah, I need to fix those because otherwise I can't be loving. I can't be, I can't be loving, right? 
but that's, yeah. those are just stories. That's not even true. So, uh, so I'm trying to think of a practical application. Um, just give me a moment here. Cause I know there's going to be another great one from your team. It's deciding that there are unfortunate things happen to all of us and it wasn't personal and it doesn't have to get in the way of you feeling loved by God, by your team, by your higher self, however you want to look at it. And that your mom was making choices based on her being her and you are the adult now and you get to decide as Gloria, how loving you'll allow yourself to be to yourself regardless of what sort of fragmentation you may feel in your field. Oh yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. My, your team just reminded me. The important part, the, well, another important layer of this is that there will always be that fragmentation. It may never go away. I have little gels <laughs> that just crack me up and I wanna give big hugs to because it's so, just. It's there are layers of me that are so distorted. I had two older sisters that were just dark they were so mean to me. So there's parts of little Jill, like they're going to pick on me. They're going to be mean to me. They won't get me. Somebody's going to stab me in the back on this. I can feel it. And I just have to go to her and just go, Jilly, I love you. I'm so sorry. You're not eight anymore, hon. I'm going to watch out for you. I love you. And I didn't want any of those things to happen to you. And I don't want anything bad to happen to you. But if something bad happens to you, because it can happen, it may, it may happen. I will never leave you. I will always be there to watch out for you. Yeah. Right. And that my little Jill just says, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Without the expectation that it's always going to go her way without the expectation that she's never going to get hurt again. Right. Because this is earth. People hurt each other all the time. What happens when you get triggered though? Like, like with that, like with, that trigger sometimes feels so like I want to be loving, let's say to my spouse or something, but something he'll do will trigger me. And it'll be like, and I'll feel like, damn, that's because my mom, blah, blah, blah. Or I'll, I'll just kind of, maybe I've taught myself this. And, and you are, I mean, you're more than the trigger, right? So part of you is triggered, but there's more layers to you that you also are that are probably not triggered. So no. one way to access, right? One way to access them is that in that moment, the part of you that's triggered, you let another part of you going, okay, what's the part of me that could actually handle this and not, not act in a, a less loving or um, like, oh, I got to hurt you back kind of way, whatever your MO is, right? Or even hurting myself, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, that too, right? So right. then, then you are literally, you're expanding your energy field to beyond the trigger because the trigger is going to, the trigger doesn't go away. It, and it, in some way, I mean, it could, and it might, and that would be great, but there's already, we are so much more than our triggers. And if we forget that we're just perpetuating these storylines, never feeling like we're making progress. It's interesting. Right. The never, just the fact that you said the trigger never goes away. Because so, I think part yeah. of me or part of uh, this, the way I think other people yeah. think this, we're like, we want the trigger to go away. I know. The we want the pain to go away. Right. Um, we want to fix the memory 
so that we can find love for, you know, your mom in this case, or you in this case, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But that's why, that's why that work from what the way that this is why we offer a completely different way, because we don't see those ways working. Right. I mean, I, I've had so many, I've had, you know, thousands of clients now, right over the 12 plus years I've been working. And, and I, I totally get it when somebody says, okay, I'm getting divorced. He's a, and I'm like, oh, he's a narcissist. Yes. Okay. Jill, tell me what did I do to attract a narcissist so that I don't do this again? Mm -hmm. And, and they have a whole different storyline. You didn't attract him. You said yes to somebody that pretended to be something he wasn't. And then he got you and he totally changed his behavior. And you were like, who are you? This is not the one I said yes to. Right. Um, so then you respond. So there's a, there's a different interpretation that gives you better access to your healthy choices, your self-loving choices, your loving choices of others. And everybody can stay more intact when we mess up. Right. When I'm triggered by something and I, you know, I, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to fix something on my website that's broken. And my husband says something innocent. And I'm like, just a minute, you know, or something. And it's so not me that I can immediately go, whoa, what the hell was that? And I, I step away from the computer and I'm like, I am so sorry. I, I'm sorry. I've got a frustrating website thing and you did not deserve that. We can apologize. We can say, I'm sorry, you did, you, you were asking an innocent question and that was not the me I wanted to be. Right. And so then we're more healthy and whole intact in that moment and more able to see when we are acting in a really uglier side. Right. Mm -hmm. I know the Jill that I don't like, I know the layers of me that I don't like, how could somebody else like them? So I have to feel responsible for my words I have to feel responsible for my, what I get irritated by. And I, I'm so much better at being a version of Jill that can say, sorry, not be hindered at all by that. Doesn't want to put a story on patterns of energy because it doesn't get me anywhere. It just keeps me sucked into those patterns and it gives me less credit than I deserve. I feel like I'm holding on to that part because <laughs> I feel like sometimes it does help me. Sometimes I get these aha moments that are like mind blowing, like, oh my freaking God. Yeah. I just saw myself do something or I just saw this piece of puzzle. Boom. And now I get it. And now I can drop it and walk away for me. And yes. And if it is working, Gloria, that's awesome. Right. Not all the time. What, yeah, what does tend to happen, though, is there are aha moments. And that's, I mean, think of how big that whole belief system is. It's mm -hmm. got to be working in some ways or nobody would be there, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just that there's a, there's a, there is a better way that, mm -hmm. that helps us feel less personified by what our parents did or didn't do, right? That, that we are less less reactive, less, that we're in a less trigger happy, <laughs> right? Because we're, mm. and, and with a, yeah, this relates to your healing of the eye thing. Um, because there was a part of you that was under the belief system that because of what you did, you had the authority to heal your eye. And it turned out that that wasn't true. Now, was it possible that it could have been true? Possibly, we don't know. All we know is that for you, you did all the right things with some great healers. And they were thinking one thing and you were thinking one thing, and then it didn't turn out to be the case. The level of deception in that belief system is really problematic. I have a really big problem with it 
because I see too many people that have been doing their work, some of them for decades. And I'm just like, let's try out another way. Because what if there's another way of explaining all of this that is intelligent, that is rational, and is more uh, soul-based where the the diamond ring is still right there and not bothered by any of the compost <laughs> around it at all. That you can still be loving, feel loving, act loving, receive love, regardless of the debris that's around it, without needing a story, without needing to oh that's because I don't even go there, glory anymore. Wow. I don't ask why. Because in a, in a way with the, with the 21st century enlightenment, as I call it, it doesn't matter. And there's never one story. That's the other sort of deception is, oh, this is the story. Well, there's probably 10 others I could help you come up with that you'd go, oh, wow. But I, we get addicted to the stories and I think it creates that codependent relationship because everything that happens, I got to find out what the story is. What's the codependent relationship with your son, with what, with you and the story? No, it's, it's, well, it's a lot of layers. So, so part of the codependency is in the industry, right? That the industry of that belief system. I mean, I had um, my oldest child, uh, her 19 year old best friend texted me over the weekend, Jill, I just had a dream and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I was like, okay, am I going to, am I going to go into her belief system or am I going to offer another, another approach? And I texted her back. I'm like, Catherine, I love you so much. I'm going to treat you as the adult that you are and tell you what I would tell a client. What do you want that dream to mean to you? Mm. If anything. Mm. Because that's a whole different ride. So she was feeling like there, I had a dream. I, there's a meaning outside of myself. I power outside of myself. Yes, same. Yes, that very great correction. Uh, power, story, lesson, interpretation that I need, and it's outside of me, and I need to go get it. That is codependency. Yeah, because I'm not worthy enough to know my own self, to have my own answers. Yeah, that it's not up to me. It's not up to me to decide what my dream means. Again, if anything, if anything, it's, it's so liberating of the light that we are, that it doesn't need a story. It, it doesn't want to pretend there's one story, right? We're so creative. There are so many interpretations. It feels really different. Like when I, it feels so freeing. It's wild. Oh. It's wild. It's weird. It's, it's like, I'm, it's like part of me is like, I don't know. Can it be this easy? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And it is. And I love that you just said that because it's so much easier. It is so much easier. I got through my shingles when I had that experience so much easier because all I was focused on was that my team loved me, that that source, you know, wasn't trying to teach me a lesson. I would probably f- make a lesson out of it because I wanted to make lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. All I was focused on is I need more ice, please. And what can I do to get through this pain? it was, it was so much easier to get through it. I had so much love for myself. I had so much compassion for myself. And it wasn't too long after when I went went to pick up my daughter, she was in grade school at the time and we were driving home and there was a lady in a crosswalk, uh, probably 20 years older than me. And she was taking a long time to get through the crosswalk. And the first thing I felt was 
that lady's in a lot of pain. I can feel it. Wow. I wasn't irritated that she was making us late. All I felt was compassion that she was just trying to get across the road. The two month before version of Jill probably would have been like, come on, lady, I got to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you didn't feel sorry for yourself at all through it, huh? I'm not really a self. No, I, I have versions of self-pity sometimes, but no. Um, I think there was a moment where I felt like my family wasn't doing as much for me as I wanted them to. So rather than just feel bad about it, I decided to crawl out of bed and say, you guys, this is going to take a while. I need ice like every five hours and somebody check on me and just come in and see me. I miss you. <laughs> but my face was so hideous. I looked like a freak. It was scary. But yeah. And then they all went, oh, sorry, mommy. And Jeff went, sorry, Jill. Okay. Aww. So yeah, no, I don't, I just, yeah, no. Wow, Gloria, that's a lot. How are you feeling? It's a big adjustment, isn't it? I'm glad that you heard it, though. I love that. I just feel that you were making comments that I think that you understood. I think I'm a, I'm a, yeah, the, I, I love like your mind. A window. I feel like, I feel like you showed, I feel like there's been a window here, like, there's a window. Oh, yeah, I know. There's a window. Why don't you open the window? No, it might be nice to open the window. And then you went like, no, turn your head. This is what it feels like. So thank okay. you. For You're opening. welcome. You're so welcome. Um, and now I see why there's such a beautiful, small, intimate group here today, because what we just did in those last like 40 minutes with you, I mean, <laughs> you. I think I'm going to read the chat because I think it was Elaine said, I'm loving this. <laughs> thank you, Jill, for giving me something that made so much sense before I started doing all the work other systems require. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this, you thank you for the opportunity and thank you for your open-mindedness and open-heartedness and um, what an honor. Oh my gosh. I, I was thinking I was taking up way too, too much time. So I'm like, Oh, oh it was so perfect. I, I really, I loved your, I, I love you. And I'm, I'm sorry about what happened to your eye and I'm glad it's on the mend. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, <laughs> this, this is going to be so interesting and how to, how to just be. Yeah. Without, without my brain wanting to hook into the that other part. So I actually, real, I know I've taken the time, but how do I? So do I just be really mindful? Is it just a thing of mindfulness and smiling more, Gloria? Smiling more. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, I have a super strong brain too, and when I notice my brain going, oh, you know, it, it's like I because it wants to help. Right. And with that, with that belief system that we've been talking about, it gave the brain an amazing job, right? right. It had to make sense of everything that happens in this reality. So the, to the brain, it's almost intoxicating, right? It's like, so then there can be literally mental resistance to this because then the brain's like, well, then what am I going to do? So I yeah. do. When am I going to write in my journal? I know. Yes. I don't know. What will you write in your journal? I'm right? a singer songwriter. What am I going to sing? Oh, that's so cool. Oh, there's so much, right? I mean, there's, well, there's other stories to tell that aren't based on, you know, why something is screwed up. Maybe it's another way to look at it. And you may be very pleasantly surprised by that other window that you were <laughs> so beautifully analogizing there. Yeah. Wow. It's Thank you. Liberating. You're so welcome. All right, you guys. So I think that's a wrap. I'll have the recording and video and audio that I'll send to each of you. And then I'll probably share it publicly within the week. Um, 
Love you guys so much. This was amazing. Gloria, thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. The, this group is amazing. It would be, it'd be nice to have another group just with us. Oh, oh, well, every, we do group readings. We do the Jill show on social media. You'll see us. So yeah, we kind of hang out together a lot. Oh, I love it. Hiding, Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I guess. <laughs> love you, sister. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Thank you. Thanks. You're so welcome. <laughs> all right. Lisa, Stephanie, Elaine, thank you to all of our teams. Thank you so much to you if you're watching and, and uh, listening to this. And if you found it helpful and useful, I am so happy to hear that. I love to help people feel the light that they are more readily, more efficiently, more sustainably. Uh, we need it. We can use it so much in this reality and it comes in handy when we need it most and when we when things are smooth too. All right. I love you guys so much. Bye-bye for now. Hello, my name is Jill Renee Feeler and I am a psychic intuitive and my background is actually in business. I'm a logic puzzle nerd like Sudoku. I love Ayn Rand. <laughs> so I'm a bit unusual <laughs> in terms of being in the enlightenment space and offering um, very fresh ideas about who and what we are, why we're here, and what this reality is really designed for. And I wanted to give you a little tip, <laughs> okay? Now, I noticed that a lot of folks within spirituality and enlightenment act as if their humanness is in service to their higher self or their spirit guides or their sense of spiritual team. And the way that I actually uh, view it and operate myself is that my higher self slash team, spirit guide, spiritual support, energy, my soulfulness, it's actually in support of me in this reality. And it's a very, very different way of operating yourself and your light in this reality because you no longer feel like you're out on some list of errands for your soul. You're instead um, set up in a very well-designed well system of you to be you as your soulfulness and in your humanness in this reality, not to, you know, be out on errands, not with a specific to-do list. And yes, maybe with a, with a sense of purpose and design, but not, you're not on errands and you're not in service to your team. Your team very much wants to feel like it's in service to you. And that makes being you and being here so much easier because you're not wondering if you're doing it right or wrong. You're trying to be your very best self. You feel more internally led. You feel more soulful in this approach and you're less insecure. You're more confident and you feel more authoritative over who and what you are in this world. Okay. Um, I highly recommend you at least consider it, have an open mind and an open heart that there's a completely different way of being an enlightened operating system in this reality, okay? Now, I call my method 21st century enlightenment, and I have 
an audience that's global and it works. <laughs> it works. It's exciting. I do have a free six-part video series coming up and I have an opt-in list to get on the list to receive not only that six-part video series, which I'm so excited to share with you. I put a lot of heart, soul, and spirit <laughs> into that series, but also we have a new workshop coming up called Updating Humanity Workshop. And that will be released on May 31st of this year, just coming up in weeks. And I'm excited about that too. Uh, but anyway, I highly encourage you to add yourself to the opt-in list. You can get that six freeze videos, that series. And I think there's going to be things like this and so much more that really help you truly open your heart and turn on your light from the inside out, not the outside in. Okay, see you soon. For those of you that are listening to this in podcast form, the sign up link is at www.updatinghumanity.com forward slash sign up. So that's www.updatinghumanity.com forward slash S I G N U P. And I'll see you there.